the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen, and today, Anytime Touchdown Manifesto. This is just a way to kick off our NFL coverage that will be extensive as the year begins very, very soon. So we're looking forward to being all things NFL here on the Action Network podcast. We're welcoming in our new NFL expert, Jill Gallant, for his Anytime Touchdown Manifesto. Welcome to Action Network. You're still very fresh and new to the team, so it's great to have you. You're very new to this podcast, so we look forward to learning about you, and we're going to do that right now. So explain your background and also what we're going to be covering today on this episode. Yes, thanks, Brendan. And I'm definitely still wet behind the ears when it comes to being at Action. I just started here at the beginning of August. So I am Gilles Gallant. If you're unfamiliar with me uh, and just a name like that, it's a French name, Acadian to be specific. I'm from outside of uh, Halifax in uh, Nova Scotia, Canada. I used to work at FTN and Odd Shark as well, but I joined Action Network this summer. And although I bet lots of different markets, my specialty has been betting anytime touchdown props. So if you've never heard of that, it's simply really just betting on a player to score a touchdown in a given game. And it's uh, not like a passing touchdown or uh, anything of that nature. It's actually possessing the ball in the end zone and falling into it. And you got to make sure the extra point is kicked. That's a very important factor here. But I wanted to just say that I've been betting this market really exclusively and successively for about three seasons. So I make about three to four anytime touchdown bets for a primetime game. And then for Sunday slate, the 1 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Eastern slates, I make about five to six per week. So it works out to be about 13 to 15 touchdown bets per week. And really what I'm hoping to do today, Brendan, is I'm going to share my approach on how I bet this market, ways that people could just kind of understand, you know, the mentality you need to have if you're going to bet this front to back from the start of the season to the end, and uh, ways that people can find out how to get these picks here at action for this season. We'll get into that momentarily. Want to remind all of you as well, uh, by the end of the show, uh, we'll get a quick programming note from our uh, action audio director, Matt Mitchell. He will join us at the end to get you uh, set for what else we have coming on the Action Network podcast as it pertains to NFL coverage. So as I said, I hear you mention, okay, I, I do five or six anytime touchdown props during the one and four o'clock slates. Then I'm going to get into it with a couple uh, picks in the eight o'clock game. Why do you bet this market, Jill? Well, honestly, Brendan, it's been my most successful. I've bet sides and totals for years. And it's not to say that I don't enjoy those markets, but the success rate to make profit is around 56%, 52 to 56%, depending on how you're going. You have to win at least half your bets if you even want a chunk of change at the end of the season. Whereas for myself... I've realized that I can hit 30 to 35% of my bets in a full season, but because there's such high plus money odds, that makes it much better for me to be able to get profit. And my ceiling isn't capped on how much profit I can make. And really to me, it's way more fun than betting sides and totals in my experience. I just can't help myself, man. It's so fun to bet. Okay. That's the why let's dive into the how let's discuss some of the rules and you've got a a bunch of them. So let's, let's rifle right through these. You've got rules that you've made that you go through as you get yourself set on a given Sunday 
to bet these anytime touchdown props? What's the first thing that you keep in mind when you dive in, say it's Sunday morning or earlier in the week? I shouldn't even say Sunday morning when you're ready. Okay, let's have a look at who I think is going to score a touchdown. I mean, the most obvious one probably is you got to track your wins and losses, man. And you can use the action app to do that. Um, I find for me, uh, there's a lot of people who like to do these dart throws, but a lot of the time they're just not seeing the progress or the, the regression of making these types of bets. And, you know, the one thing about touchdown score betting is that it can feel really humbling after a while if you only win like three of 10 bets over a given week kind of thing, but it's super rewarding to be able to look at the end of the week and see how much profits you made, despite only hitting at 35%. So I think the most important thing that for especially new bettors coming into the space and even guys who have been betting for years that maybe just haven't taken on this practice, you've got to track your bets. So I don't care if you use spreadsheet, pen and paper, or specifically, I want you to use the bet tracker app like action. So that way you could track it because you need to see your successes and failures to know if you need to adapt your strategy. I used to track my touchdown score bets just using like pen and paper and spreadsheet, but using the action app, I was able to just kind of take out a lot of the the log time on that. And it's part of the reason why I joined the company. It's been so good. I think it's really difficult for a casual better to get over, at least initially in any sport, to get over the win percentage thing, right? I've only won X amount of my bets, but as you hit, as you mentioned, explain why Win percentage should not be what you're falling back on when it comes to this market. No, it's got to be profits and ROI, man. And it's got to be, you have to kind of break the mold of thinking of win percentage, specifically the way that sides and totals kind of uh, uh, make you adapt to that style. Like I think even though it can be a little bit humbling, like I said, to only hit three out of 10, um, the the touchdown prop odds are just much higher. You know, you're looking at it like plus 250s and plus 500s, or in some cases, like with you know, quarterbacks, maybe even a plus 1000 and you could still profit long-term at that win rate. So that is really what it's been key to me because it's a marathon, not a sprint. You can't make all your money back in one week, but you can definitely lose a lot in week one and be way too much of a hole to dig out of. If you could give an example, when you bet this, you said the last three years you've done this, is it like, okay, I hit week two. I might not hit this again till week seven. Is it that big of a lull? You could even just look back at last season. There was a stretch there from probably the third week of November to about mid-December where I was maybe hitting at like 10%. Like, and it was just bad. But if you looked at the first four to six weeks of the season, I was hitting closer to like 45%. So it evens out throughout the course of the year. And I think people need to kind of approach it more like a hitter in baseball. Like you want to try to get three, maybe four hits out of every 10 at bats. And guys are more looking at it like they're trying to hit like 50% at the free throw line, like with Shaq. And that's not the case, man. You just got to be able to prepare for the highs and lows, because if you get too tilted off of just like a you know, a bad week kind of thing, you're never really going to be able to recover and get out of your own head. Everyone's so excited for the season to start. You forget like week one, two, and three, everyone's playing. The less is more rule of thumb, which can really fit a lot of categories when it comes to markets in in betting. Why is it important for this market? Sportsbooks know a lot of the same information you do. We all know how good Jamar Chase is. We all know how good Jonathan Taylor is. And if you try try to start justifying or manifesting weird angles in your head, like revenge game narratives and stuff like that, um, not saying that they won't hit, but a lot are going to fall flat. That's why I try to stick to about two to three touchdown props per primetime game. And then this way, you know, if it doesn't go your way, you don't destroy your bankroll in one game because it just didn't go your way. 
As a follow-up to that, just, and I know you've mentioned it a few times now, that the standalone games, so if it's Sunday night or Monday night, do you tend to find the lines to be sharper when it comes to those games for, for, that, for this market? Lines are sharper, but so are the betters because it's one yeah. game to focus on. A lot of the time what happens with the 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern games, you've got 13, you know, 10 to 13 games to look at. You get spread so thin from a research standpoint that it almost feels like you're you know, picking and choosing. Maybe, and then you pick one and you leave some on the cutting room floor and then you just end up kind of uh, you know, second guessing yourself. Whereas with primetime games, you can kind of have a specific format of like, I'll take one guy on one side, one guy on another side and a long shot. And then that way you restrict yourself. And that way you could still have three units of profit out there to be able to still bet. But if you lost three units of profit, it's not consequential money to the point where you won't be able to recover the next week. I know there's FOMO. We're all excited for the season to start, but don't go too crazy week one, week two. Yeah, like it's going to be over 200 days since the Super Bowl to opening game of Bills Rams. And like, even for me, like for the first like six weeks, like I was like, I was done on NFL. I was just happy to kind of just wrap it up and take a little break. Once we got to midsummer, you know, you start to get that urge, you start to get that itch again. And you're like, oh, I can't wait. Here we go. And that FOBO kicks in and you start putting down like some crazier bets like that you can manifest in your head. And before you know it, you got like 10 units on touchdown scores for a primetime game, which is just way too much. So don't put yourself in an early hole you can't climb out of because you just had so much uh, built up anticipation for week one and week two. You can already feel like people doing this for like Cleveland, Carolina, like, yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to throw it to uh or Baker Mayfield's going to run one in against his old team or just like stuff like that. You know, like people just trying to read into narratives. And I would um, tell people, anybody who was going to bet on Baker Mayfield to rush for a touchdown to go look at his historical odds. And he's played over 60 games. He has six rushing touchdowns total. And now he's moving over to Carolina with a worst offensive line. Right. You're going to bet him at plus 500 plus 600 to score a touchdown. Like, come on, there's other guys that are have way more value and are more likely to score in the NFL. But that that segues nicely into research and probably what a lot of listeners, if you're tuning in for the first time or if you've never explored this market, or maybe you have explored it, but as I said off the top, maybe you're just a dart thrower and go, all right, well, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey uh, with the, the Chiefs tonight in a shootout to score a touchdown against the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. What research do you put in to settle on a player to get an anytime touchdown score? You need to put as much research as possible if you're going to be betting this market regularly. Not all stats are created equal. And I just need to repeat this. Not all stats are created equal. Because a lot of the time what people do is they'll just look at the stats on the surface. They'll look at just targets and receptions. And while those are important, you need to factor in other stuff. Like you got to look at the type of routes that are run, the red zone targets, the cornerback matchups, the overall target share. And then, of course, Who's throwing the ball? Important things to consider. Like Brandon Cooks, amazing wide receiver. You know, one of the most underrated guys in the league. In two games versus the Colts last year, he had 12 catches and 19 targets in two games. But it was a bad matchup because Davis Mills was throwing the ball. The offense is anemic. They only got in the red zone once in two games. They scored three points total. So you kind of need to factor in more data than just the surface stats when betting these touchdown props. I would imagine, though, uh, Jill, that could change. Let me give you a scenario. If you're so I use Chiefs Chargers as an example. Basically, if Mahomes is at the 40, he's kind of already in the red zone. Like he's got the capability of reaching. <laughs> yeah, right? the so case, I'm sure, it's the KC red zone. I get that. So I'm sure like in a game like that, doesn't that change a little bit in, in terms of how you look at red zone? Because it's not quite the red zone when you got a Josh Allen or a Mahomes or a, a Herbert. No, and those are two very good examples, uh, and you're right. I think the one thing that I would just caution people is that 
more often than not, like the, another thing that I do when I bet touchdown scores, I generally try to find guys that are over plus 200 because a guy like a Travis Kelsey, a guy like uh, Keenan Allen, um, those guys are going to be minus 110, minus 120 uh, on average to score a touchdown. And in the NFL, as we all know, the worst thing that happens is a player can leave on any play at any time just because of the brutality of the game. And I find a lot of the time with trying to invest money into those guys, it, it could be actually more of a risk to bet on guys with minus odds than looking at somebody like a McCole Hardman or a Josh mm. Palmer, you know, guys who have much longer odds, but because of how, uh, sorry, Josh Palmer with the chargers, but guys who have much longer odds, but their quarterbacks are so talented. They can get them the ball in the right spot to be able to score and obviously benefit your bankroll. Tell us why using an odds comparison tool is crucial for this. Well, I mean, the odds just vary from sports book to sports book so much. Um, uh, that you really can leave a lot of money on the table if you're not shopping around and checking out different sports books to see where the best odds are for a respective player. Like Taysom Hill with the Saints is sure. probably one of the best examples, Brendan, because with his goal line scoring capability and the way that they run that offense, his anytime touchdown odds can range from like plus 250 to plus 500 on a given week, depending on the sports book and depending on the matchup. So um, one of the best ways to compare odds, like for touchdown score odds, obviously you can use the action app. Uh, another thing that I'm going to be developing for action coming up this year is uh, a historical odds comparison tool. So we're able to track all of the closing odds for touchdown scores for every player on every team. So you're able to see kind of what they are and uh, whether or not you're getting maybe a half decent value week to week. But the app itself is going to be huge this year, man, because they already have the odds comparison tool uh, in the spot. You, you know, you can quickly compare the odds, you know, between books and find the best value. And uh, like I was saying, if you have multiple sportsbook accounts, this will ensure you get the best odds because as I was mentioning, it's really a true difference maker for long-term profits in this market. You know, injury news, of course, is huge in this, right? Because if, you know, like I like Taysom Hill, who could be in and out of the lineup, it changes everything. Right? Taysom is a good example because there's a trickle-down effect across the board if he comes in because he'll jump from like a plus 350, plus 400 to a minus 110 instantly if Jameis Winston is out and he's now starting right. because of the propensity of that offense of always wanting to rush when they're in the red zone. And even a guy like Alvin Kamara might see an odds bump uh, because of the likelihood that Taysom might actually run it instead of uh, Kamara. Here's something else we should discuss. Again, it kind of fits the bill with everything is folks don't, don't parlay. And I, I wouldn't even know how to approach a parlay for any time touchdown score. Oh, there's definitely strategy to it. And I will say like over oh, the last couple of years, awful. Brennan, it, it has definitely increased. My mentality isn't necessarily shared by the masses. Like, and again, when I say don't parlay touchdown bets, it's going to ruffle some feathers. There's some dudes that I respect that are out there that do parlay every week. But for me, parlays are like junk food. Sure, I'm going to indulge every once in a while, maybe like a $10 <laughs> round robin, but it can't be your whole diet. What I do, like I was, I was saying, like I'll sometimes I'll do like a four pick quarterback round robin ticket for 10 bucks. And then that way I know that over the course of the season, it's going to cost me $180. But if I hit two of those four quarterback touchdown bets on that ticket, that's going to pretty much pay for the season. So that's why, like, again, there's a mentality to the madness. I'm not just throwing as many parlays out there and just kind of hoping for the best, especially because there's so much injury volatility with these men and any player can leave the game on any play. And I'm just more, uh, you know, the parent in me just makes me think, you know, I'm trying to look out for other people. Just save yourself the heartbreak, man. It just hurts too much when you got three or four legs cash 
And then a guy leaves on just a harmless play because he pulled his hamstring. And now you're sitting there with a losing ticket. Yep. It's a, it's a great reminder. That's for sure. So, and you use this example a second ago uh, with, with Taysom Hill, say if he's in for an injured Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill might go into a game and say Alvin Kamara's out or something. Maybe Taysom Hill enters a game for the saints on Sunday night or whatever. And he's at minus minus one ten to be an anytime touchdown scorer. You're, you're of the belief though, that you want to avoid those. You want to avoid a player with minus odds. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because for me, if you're betting them full time, like the way that I do, to go any less than my uh, plus 200, it's just not a recipe for success. Um, so every week uh, in a given week, when you're looking at your sports book, there's about 30 to 35 players per week that are going to have minus odds. You know, the Jonathan Taylors, the Derek Henrys of the world. And one of those guys, specifically Taylor, was minus odds in 14 of 17 games last year. And if you had just blindly bet a unit on every week for him to score a touchdown, he finished with only like about plus four units in profit over an 18 week season. So like the 28th most profitable touchdown score in 2021 was Jonathan Taylor. And I just think that there's so much value elsewhere, man, that if you get caught up in betting faves, it's just, it's just hasn't worked in my history. Now there are other people out there that might be able to pull that off. Uh, I just, in my experience, you know, rising to this kind of expert level of being able to beat this market, there's going to be guys out there like a Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Cooper cup is another example. You'll never see them on my card. Minus odds players are just a recipe for disaster. You, <laughs> you said this off the top, but just to be, to be clear, mm-hmm. you're going to lose a lot. In this market, but if we try to soak our minds into not thinking about win percentage, it'll be easier for you to keep it cool. I'm 38 years old. I've been betting on these touchdown scores now for probably about five or six years. Publicly, it's been about three years. Okay. And yeah, when I first started out, very emotional from bet to bet. I would, you know, if I'd win, I'm punching a hole in the wall because I'm so excited. If I lose, I'm punching a hole in the wall because I'm so mad, you know, and it's not for the faint of heart, like because you have to go in with the mindset you're going to lose and you're going to lose a lot. Like losing 65% of the time doesn't feel great when you actually just look at it in a vacuum. But when you're looking at it in a long-term aspect, it's okay because you understand what the end, like the light at the end of the tunnel, how you succeed in this market. And when I was first starting, I would get really tilted like from a loss. And honestly, I think it was just because I was betting too much and not being realistic with myself. So what I've realized is some games just don't, work they don't work even the best nfl offenses buffalo kc they're only going to average around like 3.7 touchdowns per game and you know if buffalo if uh if stefan diggs gets one maybe gabe davis gets the other you only got maybe one more touchdown left before you know we're kind of meeting uh the average here so uh it just puts you in a spot where you're thinking to yourself like oh am i going to get my dawson knox touchdown and instead of just kind of sweating it out and kind of being mad it's like okay you know I understand, you know, we'll be, look at the next matchup and, and just take it, take it for what it is. So just keep your emotions in check. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And as I was stating off the top, because for me, it's super fun. You got to have fun with your betting these props because that's the whole point. It's got that fantasy element aspect. You know, there's some big touchdown odds that you can hit if you do your research properly. It is to me, it's the most exciting market to play. I can just see 31 year old Jill Gallant. 31-year-old or 32-year-old <laughs> Nova Scotia man breaks knuckles. Again, happy or sad, we don't know. 
Uh, he's come a long way, though, at this point. A, no, a Gilles Gallant redeposits for the third time in a month. <laughs> Just like <laughs> to the point like where it's like, okay, somebody needs to change their strategy here. Great stuff. That was a really succinct breakdown of what to do, the do's and don'ts. And like you said, a lot of this sounds like basic stuff, but these are helpful reminders for this market especially, but some of the stuff off the top too, just reminding yourself that less is more, win percentage is not what you're looking at here, and the rules, even some of your rules of thumb, the the nitty-gritty details into how you're going about uh, researching is important. Tell people how they can find you at Action Network, Jill. Absolutely. So you can follow me on the app. My my handle is GDog5000, which is also my Twitter handle. Um, and my NFL Anytime Touchdown Show is going to be coming to action each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern on the Action YouTube page. So make sure to like and subscribe and look out for that. And then, of course, I'm going to have primetime NFL touchdown picks, both in video, written form. All of that will be available on the Action app. And, of course, we're going to be tracking the weekly NFL anytime touchdown odds. Uh, that uh, tool will be available on the Action app as well. And one final reminder, follow me on Twitter at GDAWG5000. That's G-D-A-W-G-5000. Okay, as I said off the top, Let's hear from our action audio director, Matt Mitchell. He has a quick programming note for us, Matt. Hey, Brendan, thanks a lot. A quick reminder that with the exception of a golf episode this week, a UFC episode next week, this feed will effective immediately become a full-time NFL betting podcast all the way through the Super Bowl. Heading into week one, we've got a number of terrific preseason episodes for you. Raybon and Stucky will have their NFC and AFC betting previews out soon. We'll also be covering the NFL awards markets, NFL season leaders, survival pool strategies, NFL exotics, lots more fun stuff in the weeks ahead. During the regular season, we'll have four episodes for you every week. Monday will be our NFL recap episodes. Wednesdays will be our big fantasy episode featuring Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon. Our flagship NFL betting previews with Stucky and Raybon will be released every Thursday morning. And then we'll have our NFL best bets every Friday morning as well. Looking forward to it. And we'll see you right back here on the Action Network podcast all season. I think you might want to get yourself a helmet and a bulletproof vest and an iron jock strap. Because you're going to get your head shot, your back stabbed, and your nuts danced on. Have a good Monday. Okay. Uh, very good. Thanks to Matt Mitchell. Thanks to Jill Gallant for joining us on the Action Network podcast. I'm Brendan Glasheen. We'll be coming fast and furious during this NFL season. Look at this episode as a way of us kicking off all of our NFL coverage on the pod and at Action Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll join you again very soon.